Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You focus on one guy that you think can make you better, that can get you perhaps over the hunt. Hunt. Just, God, I sound like Sims now. Hop. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. There it is. Vince Carter. Get him me. a body bag. She Vince Carter me. Awesome. Okay. That's how it's going to go, huh? She messes up, and you guys consider it a dunk on me. She can't say the proper word, so and you say unexpected. it's a dunk on me. It was so unexpected. That's what makes it so beautiful. She she rarely does it, but when she does it, it's jarring because she so rarely does it. I mean, she put Baker Mayfield in a body bag on Twitter back in September when the Bear, when the Browns were horrible. And yeah, she she that was good yesterday. That was very oh, good. good. That was I'm so glad unexpected. you're amused. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I was good. very amused. Right, yeah. Over the hunt. Right. You've probably said over the hunt before and I haven't noticed. Oh, it. no, no, no. But I'm way smarter than her. I would have never made that mistake. <laughs> Not me. Never. How could she do that? That was such an easy one. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, that good was, job, uh, yesterday. All right. PFTPM. We had I'm going to return there. that dunk on her at some point. She covered the Bucks. You played for the Bucks, and the Bucks systematically doing what they have to do to keep Man. the 2020 Bucks in place. And that was one of the other big stories yesterday. For Woo. everything the Patriots are doing to get new guys, the Buccaneers doing everything they can to keep their old guys. And that's what stunned me right out of the gates. Clock strikes 12. What's the first deal we're going to hear about? What's it going to be? What's it right. going to be? Oh, it's Shaq Barrett. Where's he going? Where's he going? Where's he going? He's staying in Tampa Bay. Yeah. With a with a four-year deal worth up to $72 million that pays out $36 million guaranteed. It's a $17 million per year deal, right. which is far from top of the market. Joey Bosa is at 27. But that's the reality of this current market. That's where we are. And that ends up being the best offer 
for Shaq Barrett. I, I haven't heard that he could have gotten more elsewhere. When Drew Rosenhaus announced this deal yesterday, he didn't add the Shaq Barrett could have gotten more elsewhere like he did with Aaron Jones. So maybe this was the best deal he could get. Four years, $17 million per year base. What was your immediate reaction? I, I think the first thing was, wow. I, I mean, the, camp, the Bucks are keeping everybody. Unbelievable. I, I don't remember a Super Bowl team ever with this many free agents and like high level ones being able to keep them. Usually when we see these type of scenarios through history and, Oh, we won the Super Bowl. Oh, we have five or six high level free agents, you know, out there in the market. We lose three of them or we lose four out of six or five out of seven. I mean, this is unreal. The, the fact that they were able to keep Godwin, Levante, David, Shaq Barrett, you know, again, yeah, the sign of the times, you know, I think all of them being a little bit selfless and, and the fact of maybe taking, you know, a hair less. I don't know about that. Not Barrett. Not, not Barrett. Barrett. Well, that's, I, all right, so that, so one, I was shocked they did it. And then two, I think that was the other shocker where, you know, because of what we saw last week and then, you know, not franchise tagging him, I thought, well, man, he must have some offers out there where they just go, we can't compete. We're not going to be able to pay it and do it that way. But obviously it was the opposite. They were in a spot where we brought this up last week too. Maybe they're in the spot where they went, "Hey, we're in a we're, we're going to be able to afford him. This this is going to work." So, let's franchise Godwin just to make sure he doesn't get out of town or something, you know, like that. And here they are, but 36 million dollars over 2 years, Shaq Barrett. Yeah, you'll take that if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's a 2-year, 36 million dollar deal, deal and he'll have to earn the rest of it. Two things. First, the reality that they did have other options out there in free agency if they wanted to go there. And the timing to me says that they had an offer on the table for Shaq Barrett. Right. That was the offer. Right. And they told him when noon rolls around on Monday, that money we have budgeted for you is going to go away. Yeah. We're going to start pursuing the other free agent pass rushers. So you have until 12. Once the clock strikes 12, we're getting on the phone. I hear this time and again. And and I know it, it dehumanizes the process, but this is the way it is. They got a list. They got a list, and they got a phone. And they pick up the phone, and they got their list. All right, who's first on the list? All right, here's our offer. Do you want it? Yes or no? I need to know in five minutes. All right, let me know. Get back to me. And they move on to the next guy yeah. if that guy says no or says anything other than yes. And I think that's what they were going to do. They had their list of other pass rushers. And if Shaq Barrett didn't say yes by 12 – then Shaq wasn't going to get that deal. And Drew Rosenhaus knew, because of all the illegal tampering that happens, what else was or wasn't sure. out there. And the right. other factor, I think, is this, Chris. A lot of the moves we saw yesterday, if not all of them, were football moves, not business moves. You're right about year, that, Mike. You'll have an owner show up and say, hey, we got to spend this money anyway. Right. we got this requirement that we spend up to the – the, the minimum on a four-year rolling average, and let's go. Hey, they won the Super Bowl. That guy, yeah, I saw him. I saw him playing in the Super Bowl. Go get him. I want him. And it becomes a business move, not a football move. And if it was a business move year, yeah. someone would have paid Shaq Barrett more than $20 million a year. But it's not, so he had to take what he could get to stay in Tampa. Mike, it's a good point you bring up uh, it, because you, you're right. There's not what, – what was the most, you know – careless contract out there yesterday you know I, not one jumps to mind you're right usually in day one of free agency you have that one or two contracts where you go man 
I can't believe they paid that guy that much money. I mean, it just we didn't really get that yesterday. In fact, did we get anything even record breaking? I think Joe was it Joe Thune or or Tooney? Was he like now was his or Lord Lindsley? I thought maybe one of those I read as far as I think as, Lindsley becomes the highest paid center in football. He began, so that's, those were the, that was the two, two linemen ones. got a lot of money. Right. But but the, the, but they were still, still big football, football moves. moves. No, I know. You're that's right. You're right. Your investments. You're exactly right. Protecting two superstars. I mean, one, you know, is the best player in the league. The other guy is, you know, marching up the line to 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 be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. So you're right. It was a lot of Hey, but Chris. Yeah. Chris Batuni's at 16, Laramie Tunsil's at 22, and I know it's two different positions on the offensive line. I know, you could swallow still that. still a long way to go no from 16 to 22 you're if right. you're going to spend that money. And I think that's one of the reasons why Trent, Trent Williams doesn't have a contract yet because teams don't want to blow out the top of the market yeah. for any of these positions. Yeah, no, it, it seems that way. And, I mean, I understand it. I do. There was nothing, like, jaw-dropping that way from what we saw yesterday. And Shaq Barrett, I think, would be – you know, one of the guys that would headline that. But, man, just rare to see a Super Bowl team stay intact the way they have. You know, they got Gronk back. He's there. I mean, they really got everything right where they want it or need it to make another run. We'll see what they do to kind of round out free agency. Is there any, you know, other guys out there? But as far as the guys we talked about, I mean, I did not. I don't think either one of us thought they could keep David Barrett and Godwin. So they got that done. Now Gronk's done, which we expected. What happens with Sue, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette? You know, we'll see. I, I, I expect Sue and Brown to be back at this point. I do. Leonard Fournette's the one guy that I think maybe gets a little bit more money than Tampa's willing to pay out on the open market, and they have Ronald Jones. So, uh, But phenomenal job by, by the, the Bucks organization and Jason Light. Shereen made a good point yesterday, too, when she wasn't dunking on you. Thank you. Absentia. Ryan Suckup is a free agent, and their kicker position had finally been stabilized right. after the Roberto Aguayo misadventures. You don't want him walking away. You want to find a way to keep him as well. Gronk, though, yesterday it came out, right. not long after free agency started, that he wanted to dip his, his toe in the free agency pool and see what else was out there. And people were confused because so soon after that, he did a one-year $10 million deal to stay put. Well, you already – that was a taped – podcast interview with Kyle Brandt by the time Monday at noon rolls around you know you've dipped your toe you know what's out there your agents work the phones and there isn't anything that's better than what he was going to get to stay with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and stay with Tom Brady and just maybe the willingness to see what else was out there got that number up a little bit to stay in Tampa Bay because frankly Regular season Gronk, I wouldn't pay $10 million to. Postseason Gronk, I would. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think we'll see more postseason Gronk, though, in the regular season next year. I do. I think, you know, for that kind of money, you know, he's had, uh, he's, he's played last year. It's not like, hey, let's get into shape because he didn't play the year before. You know, I expect to see a little bit better of a all-around quality Gronk this year at the tight end position. But, yeah. It's the first time we heard Gronk like go off of the I only play for Tom Brady for the rest of my career. Now, that was the first time I ever heard comments where, whoa, he'll he'll actually go somewhere else. I think we were all led to believe that there was that possibility. There was that rumor out there. I thought Miami might be a possibility with some of those old New England coaches that he's been with there. Brady is moving there, so maybe he'd figure, hey, I'll meet you there in a few years, something like that. Uh, but 
Yep, good he's back there, and wow, Bucks still one of the best teams in football, no doubt about that. Well, if he'd have gone to Miami, he never would have been playing deep safety on a Hail Mary play. That's never. We don't need him there. That's where, that thing, <laughs> that's where that thing happened a couple of years ago. Um, I, I'm not convinced. I, I really am not convinced we're going to see postseason Gronk on a regular basis. He's going to be a year older. He's had so many injuries. The guy just, and unless it was some elaborate season-long rope-a-dope, he just wasn't moving like he used to. And even in the Super Bowl, it's not like it was vintage Gronk. It was just better than what we saw in the regular season. I mean, that's a lot of money to pay for a guy who blocks. But you know what? If you're going to pay a tackle between 15 and 20, if your tight end is next to the tackle and he's helping to seal that edge and open up the running game, and it's just it's just a lot of it's a lot of money for Gronk. I was surprised he got to eight figures. Well, I hear you, I I do, but I think you kind of said it the right way. First off, he's Gronk. You know there is value in that. Okay, but the 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 blocking is real. He is like having an extra offensive tackle on the field with running the ball or pass protection. I mean, some of the best stuff he did last year, we pointed it out during shows during the week and stuff, was him staying in to block so Brady could feel comfortable and gash people down the field. But, man, he showed up in a lot of big moments, too, in the past game. And, of course, he had the playoffs, the Super Bowl, all of that. He's still a mismatch. He is. And I think, you know, in a year now, the second year, you know, one, they got a ton of weapons, so they don't need to lean on them. But they'll they'll formulate, I bet you, a little bit more of a package here now that you'll have an offseason stuff too, to where they'll have a more, you know, base group of plays they can go to and all that. At the very least, he is his size is still real. I mean, that's the big thing. If you talk to coaches over the years who played Gronk, the first thing they always go is just, man, we just weren't prepared for how big he was. We just we didn't realize we knew he was a pretty good athlete. We didn't realize how big he was. I mean, even when we covered him, we couldn't cover him. And that's the type of thing he does. He is a true mismatch in the pass game still, even though, you know, to your point, he doesn't move the way he used to. And we know how Tom Brady feels about him. When that's Brady right. does a new contract and an extension that doesn't increase his twenty five million per year rate, which is a hell of a bargain when you consider what he's brought to that franchise and he creates $19.3 million in cap space and he wants Gronk on the team, that helps Gronk make a little yeah. extra money. Yeah. And that may have been the difference to get the deal done. Antonio Brown fascinates me because for as much of a train wreck as he was 2019 and into the early part of 2020, he hasn't been. Right. He hasn't gotten in trouble. There was that one weird thing about throwing a bike at a guard shack that bubbled up after he joined the Buccaneers, but that went away quickly and quietly. He's got the pending civil lawsuit alleging sexual assault and rape, which is a serious accusation for which the NFL could still take action against him, even though he was never criminally charged, arrested. There was never even a criminal complaint, but that's still hovering, goes to trial in December. But the guy has been a model citizen, and he was a key contributor at times, we saw what he did. What was it, week 17? He had the big game for the Buccaneers when Mike Evans suffered the knee injury on yeah. that. Remember that weird slide yeah, in, in the end zone, zone where we right. thought thought that the ACL went at right. first on Mike Evans? Chris Godwin's there, so it's not like Antonio Brown's going to bump up to number two on the depth chart. And Russell Wilson has clamored for him in the past. Lamar Jackson has clamored for him in the past. The Packers made a phone call last year reportedly before Antonio Brown signed with the Buccaneers. When you consider the fact that he seemingly, seemingly has turned it around. Now, Tom Brady may be 
the main reason for that, yeah. and maybe no other quarterback can get through to him. Whatever language it is that it takes to speak to the better angels of Antonio Brown, it may be that only Tom Brady knows it. But how could he not at least be thinking, I could have a bigger role, more money with one of these other teams. I got my Super Bowl ring. Thanks, Tom. It was fun. Uh, the other side of it, too, is to the extent that Tom Brady's had him under his thumb, you get sick of that after a while. There's only so much that you can do. And uh, I just, I, until that deal's done for him to return, I'm going to be curious about whether or not another team looks at his film from last year, considers the fact that he's, he has been different than he had been. Is it worth the risk to make this guy your number two receiver? Yeah, I, I mean, it's, they're still good there. There is good. I mean, I, I think their teams are going to evaluate the film and go, okay, yeah, we can use them definitely, but... Like, to your point, Mike, if I'm Antonio Brown, yeah, it's cool and everything like that, but but I would think he wants to further his career, be a real staple of an offense like you're saying, and probably make some real money again in his career as far as, like, you know, real wide receiver money. I, I mean, I just don't think that's happening in Tampa, you know? I don't – again, I can't sit here and tell you that I think he's better than Scotty Miller. I can't. I can't sit here and just go, oh, he's – no, there's Scotty Miller's really damn good. Scotty Miller, he's faster than Antonio Brown. He's got more of a deep threat ability. Yeah, maybe he's not quite as strong and as good an all-around player as Antonio Brown that way. But to me, I just – I look at it, yeah, the more that this goes on, the fact that they kept Godwin and everything like that, I would go – I don't know why he'd really want to be there unless he's willing to kind of take a team-friendly contract and he just wants to be a part of a good team and play with Brady. But I would think there's opportunities, like you said, to go other places where he might be able to really make a mark and, and really be a staple and a part of an offense in a game-planning way on a week-to-week -week basis. There have been crickets from Antonio Brown on social media since the Super Bowl um, and and the, the other aspect of this, as you get farther and farther away from the end of the season, from the celebration, the parade, the tossing of the Lombardi from one boat to the next, that spell that was on you wears off. Whether it's Antonio Brown, whether it's Leonard Fournette, he could be the other guy who goes somewhere else, makes more money. Definitely. Uh, as, this, as this process shakes its way out. But the longer you are removed and the farther you get geographically from that moment, the, the easier it is to to go somewhere else and uh i don't know is antonio brown still living with tom brady i don't know that i mean the guy to his credit after all the noise he made in 2019 and the pain in the butt that he was for the nfl for the raiders for the patriots for everyone you got to give him credit that he has found a way to assume and maintain a low profile chris and no doubt uh, i i thought i thought the guy was hopeless i i and and you know that's the other side of it too um, and I, I mentioned this recently on PFTPM. I, I, I was just convinced there was something wrong with the guy for which he needed diagnosis, treatment, evaluation. That doesn't excuse antisocial behavior, but it could have been fixed medically. But then when I see Tom Brady turn him around the way he did, it could just be that he's a jerk and he needs the right people around him to get him to not be a jerk. And maybe he has matured. Maybe he has figured it out. Maybe right. he's gotten to a point where he's just not a jerk anymore. And if that's the case, I could see one of these other teams wanting to take a chance. On yeah, maybe. You're right. And I, listen, honestly, I still think it would have to be a team that has a really strong personality at quarterback. You know, it, I, I look at it still and go, 
No, you're. It's gonna need. You know, you need a Mahomes or a Rodgers or a guy that is firmly entrenched. Even Josh Allen, where you just like that kind of guy, where you go, no, no, this guy's a stud. He's the franchise. He's the boss here. Yeah, Antonio, you can come here and play, and he's gonna get you the ball and do all that. But hey, don't you know if you act a fool or do something crazy, this guy's gonna be okay, and we don't need you. All right, and uh, and that, that to me, if I'm a team. I'd still want that formula as compared to, well, I'm fixing my offense. My quarterback's not quite proven and not perfect yet. That's a recipe for disaster in my opinion. So we'll see where it goes, but yeah, we'll keep our eye on it. Well, I'd like to think Russell Wilson. Yeah. Could right. get through to him. No doubt. Aaron Rodgers. No. Nope. If Aaron Rodgers, want, Aaron Rodgers may not want to be bothered with it. Not, not that I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. He just, it's like, Hey, you know, I, I'm not the kind of guy that tells other people what to do. And that's another thing I have in common with Aaron Rodgers. Got a lot more in common with him than not, which may be why he hates me so much. But, um, but, but uh, it's it's you're right. You need to be in an environment where whatever switch flipped the right way, it stays that way. Yeah. Now I got a quiz for you because there's a report that just came out. Right. I just got the text from one of the writers at PFT that's going to write it up. There's another team that's pursuing Leonard Fournette. I want you to guess who it is. Ooh. Well. Hmm. I've been I've been like thinking like a team like the Steelers would get involved just to try, maybe get some attitude there. Um, let's see, why is it obvious? Is there something I'm really like? No, no. I, well, well, yeah. I mean, it's a team that 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 has a top running back that's a free agent right now. So, yeah, I guess it would be obvious. Okay, There's I a can't. Team get- out there whose top whose top running back is a free agent and whose second running back is a first round pick who can't stay healthy. Oh, the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Yeah, yes. So it makes sense. He's there kind of Chris Carson, right? Free agent. Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. They want to play smash mouth football. Fournette runs like Chris Carson. That makes sense. I, I get that. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what's uh, being reported out there, that there's some talk going on. Albert Breer of SI.com says that Fournette is weighing offers from the Buccaneers and from the Seattle Seahawks. Ooh. So, uh that would make the offense in Seattle very interesting, but hey, hey, it it you you can't just throw 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 throw. You got to have a running game. You got to have some presence. And if you go in, and that that's why they're at risk of losing Fournette because they have Ronald Jones. It's yeah. not like Fournette is going to get paid to be their top guy. Right. You go somewhere else, you get paid to be the top guy. Whatever the market's going to bear in that regard, and it may not be more than five, six, seven million dollars, but that's still more than what Fournette is likely to get to stay. In Tampa Bay, he's the guy that fell into their laps out of the blue. Exactly right. I don't know. I, I do, do, do they? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole of speculation. Do they win the Super Bowl without Leonard Fournette? But he's not as key to what they did no. as some of these other guys they've managed to keep. No, definitely not. And I think Ronald Jones proved this year that he's a legit number one running back. He did do that. You know, yeah, he had the little hamstring issue. He had to deal with there in the playoffs and things like that. But, you know, I think what we saw from him this year, as far as tough yards, we saw the 98-yard touchdown run. He's got that kind of speed, too. He's their guy. Yeah, and I think if Leonard Ford goes there, he has a role, but he's not their guy. He goes to a place like Seattle, you know, he becomes the bell cow. You know that it, it's they're, they're trying to get back to that style of football. He's going to become their Chris Carson, and that makes sense. And he'll certainly get a lot more carries and be able to uh, have more of an effect, I think, on that kind of offense than he will be in Tampa Bay. 
All right, we'll keep our eyes on that and all moves. We're constantly updating everything that's happening in the NFL at ProFootballTalk.com. When we return, some edge rushers who signed yesterday or at least agreed to terms along with guys from the secondary. We'll do that when PFF Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So much for the torn ACL, keeping Bud Dupree from getting paid in free agency. The Tennessee Titans swoop in day one and get Dupree done. Now, I've seen it's a multi-year contract with an annual average of $16.5 million. That right. doesn't tell me how much is guaranteed. And that doesn't tell me anything beyond the fact that he has a team and that if he's healthy, he'll get paid. But he's going to have to prove himself. And if it's a multi-year deal, chances are – it will be a lot like the deal, in some respects, a lot like the deal that Drew Brees did 15 years ago, two days ago. Six years, $60 million, but there was a huge option payment after the first year. If the guy's healthy, the team keeps him. That's better for the team than the one-year deal. Because if you just do the one-year deal, hey, you come back, you prove yourself, you establish yourself, and we got no way to keep you. Right. So I bet that there's some trigger like that, some major bonus year two that if Bud Dupree's healthy and plays well, the Titans have a, a device for keeping him around. That What was the first thing that came to mind when you saw that deal? Yeah, I mean, uh, that, you know, a little bit of what you're saying. I think yeah, that was one of the more wow deals that, that uh, went across for, for me yesterday because I just didn't know. I mean, first off, yeah, he's got a torn ACL that he did in week 10 of the NFL season. He's not ready right now. You know, he probably won't be totally 100% full, sil you know, all cylinders go come training camp or anything like that. So I guess that was one of the shockers of the day. There's no doubt. But, man, I mean, do they need him? Holy cow. How many times did we talk about that last year? They can't rush the passer. They got nobody impressive in their front seven. That's scary. Dupree's a stud. He is an awesome football player when he's healthy. And I didn't think a team would maybe be this aggressive with him right there on the first day of free agency. But when healthy, he fits everything that Mike Vrabel would want for his defense. 
Yeah, let's wait for the details, but good for yeah. him that he landed so quickly. Danico Autry also to the Titans. What was the first word that came to mind when you saw that? Well, it's it's you know the, it's like the New England versatility thing there. Again, there's a lot of similarities with that defense. Dupree can play three four outside linebacker. He can put his hands on the ground and play four three defense end. Danico Autry can play four three defense end, or you can bump him inside and he can play defensive tackle and use athleticism against those guys. So they needed improvements and difference makers and disruptors on their front, and both of these guys are that, and especially Bud Dupree when he's healthy. So good good signings by John Robinson and Mike Vrabel. Yeah, and Jadavian Clowney most likely won't be back yeah. with the Tennessee Titans when you see that investment get made in day one on Gaza on the outside. Raiders Whoa. grabbing Yannick Ngakwe on a two-year deal. First word that came to mind when you saw that. Well, need. Thank God. I mean, geez, you need a pass rusher. You're going to run that scheme? You know, first off, they've had no pass rusher ever since Gruden's been there. They couldn't sign Khalil Mack because, like you talked about earlier, you know, in the show. I don't think they had the cold, hard cash to actually pay him. You know, so that they haven't had that guy in the Gruden era. Yannick Ngakwe is a guy that fits exactly perfect with the scheme. He was drafted by Gus Bradley in Jacksonville when Gus was the head coach there. So it makes sense from all, you know, angles here. And it's a team need, a system fit, and $13 million is certainly nothing crazy for a guy coming off the edge trying to be your sack master. And I think the Raiders can certainly swallow that price tag and be happy they got a really good football player in Ngakwe. Again, Joey Bose is getting $27 million a year. 13 nothing, years, right? They're getting two years out of Yannick Ngakwe right. for less than what the Chargers are paying Joey Bosa for one year. And uh, poor Ngakwe, just, he, he never can line it up just right, right to get that big payday that he earned early in his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Leonard Floyd, Woo! somehow the Rams. I still have yet to see what the Rams are going to do to get under the cap by tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Pacific. It's even earlier for them. They better be working to reduce some of these cap numbers because here's Leonard Floyd on a four-year, $64 million deal to stay put with the Rams. What was the first thing that came to mind when you saw that? Well, one of my favorite deals of the day. I mean, first off, this is like, you know, he's one of he's Chris Sims' all-pro team right here. It's one of my favorite players in football. You talk about, like, guys who don't get enough notoriety, you know, he'd be like in my Robin Hood, like, you know, take from the rich, give to the give to the poor. This guy, like, is a special, special football player. I don't give a damn what his sacks are. He is the king of F the play up, Mike. He's one of those guys on the edge that just way more disruption and value to a defense than the statistics or the stat books or, you know, anything like that can show. So, hey, best defense in football. He can do it all on the edge. He's an awesome football player. Yeah, is he going to be a consistently a double-digit sack guy? Probably not. He's probably going to be always in that seven, eight sacks a year range. But it's all the other things he can do too. Uh, that was big move by them. I just, yeah, I'm like you, Mike. I just go, how are they going to make this work? What, what, what's going to go on here? They're going to have to do some serious movement here over the next 24 hours to, to get under the cap. Absolutely, they're going to have to figure it out. There's some restructurings they can do. We had an item over the weekend at PFT identifying all of their guys making $2.5 or more in salary who would be candidates for a restructuring where you take their salary, reduce it to the minimum, and the rest of it becomes a signing bonus that gets spread over multiple years and creates current year cap space. You're kicking the can. You're asking for trouble later. But the Rams, look at that, $38 million above the cap. They're in the worst position right now. And by the way, yeah. you mentioned – 
the Robin Hood catchphrase right. of robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Sure. It immediately reminded me of something that our friends in the UK and in Ireland watching on Sky Sports surely are aware of. From the old Monty Python's Flying Circus, there was a sketch featuring a gentleman named Dennis Moore who would rob from the poor and give to the rich. Kind of got the whole thing. What a jerk that guy is. Yes, that was. Yeah. Well, the the line was, robs from the poor and gives to the rich. Stupid word that rhymes with rich. That was the the song (laughs) for Monty Python's Flying Circus. All right, Romeo Aquara stays in Detroit with his brother. Would have been awkward. Would have been awkward if Aquara had left, given they drafted his brother last year out of Notre Dame. Uh, Three-year deal, $39 million, first word that came to mind on that. One. Like gritty, tough. He fits exactly like what Dan Campbell would want, I would expect. You know, a- again, like, yeah, edge rusher that plays the run well. You can kick him inside every now and then. But I think has the attitude and the kind of style of play where they just go, no, he fits, you know, what we want to do. And, and that's where I think it makes sense. And, again, they're a team, too, where you just look at them and you go, well, they don't have a lot of difference makers there to begin with. So he's one of the few they got. They didn't have to pay huge, huge money to him. That makes sense. He's got everything else you want you know, off the field, too, to go along with it. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that completely. I'm just I'm pausing here because I got the full Jameis Winston contract. Okay. It is a base salary yeah. of $5.5 5 Well, signing bonus of $4.5 million. So he gets that right out of the gates. Base salary of a million. Everything else is in the form of incentives. Playing time, wins, playoff wins, team achievements, passing yards, completion percentage, yada, 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 with a couple of voidable years on the back end so they can spread that money out from the signing bonus. So sorry for the sorry for the deviation there, but I was really curious to see what wins. Yeah, I hear get. you. Five and a half million for a quarterback, base salary. I mean, that's he's, he, he essentially has the Cam Newton deal with a higher floor and a lower ceiling. Yeah. That's essentially what Jameis Winston has in New Orleans. All right, uh, Trey Hendrickson, this one fascinated me. Because Carl Lawson goes from the Bengals to the Jets for three years, 45. Trey Hendrickson, pass rusher, from the Saints to the Bengals, four years and 60. Uh, My first reaction was, holy crap, this is is not what the Bengals do. No. They don't throw around money like this, especially on the first day of free agency. What was your thought with Hendrickson going to the Bengals? Well, it made me think just like right off the bat, like, I mean – did they? How badly did they want Carl Lawson? Did they just lose out on you know just a, an arms race there for cash? Henderson is the one guy I'm really intrigued by, you know, in free agency. I mean, yes, he's a real good player. I I I do look at it a little bit and go, right, was it a little bit of a flash in the pan type of year where he had this special year? Plays really hard, definitely. There's no doubt about that. We did see him kind of like disappear towards the end of the year a little bit too to where he certainly didn't pop and and some of the must-have big moments. Um, but I, I think that the, once they lose Carl Lawson, you know, you got Geno Atkins, who's still good getting up there in years, but it goes to the same thing. There's just not a lot to talk about in the front seven of the Cincinnati Bengals. So, okay, here, guy, here goes a guy that, you know, fits a role, certainly can be disruptive and come off the edge, and they need some some more difference makers on their front seven to go along with it. And it's not a bad, you know, price tag but but more expensive than I guess I was expecting for Trey Hendrickson. I, I will say that. Six and a half sacks in his first three years combined right. with the Saints. Fifteen and a half sacks last year. The right year to do it. That's the year you parlay it into big money. But, you know, one of the, one of the caveats that came to mind yeah. when you consider 
that it was three years, 45 for Carl Lawson to go to the Jets and four years, 60, the same rate, 15 million a year for Hendrickson. In free agency, the team that employed the player knows that player better than anyone. Yes, right. And and when you let him walk away, yeah. if you've got $15 million a year budgeted, and I don't know the backstory here, maybe they got caught flat-footed with Carl Lawson and then they panicked, but if they're talking to Lawson and they're talking to Hendrickson and they're willing to go 15 for Hendrickson but not 15 for Lawson and someone else swoops in and does it, it's just I always worry that that the new team – you know, is projecting to an extent. What are you relying you. upon? Like the Patriots. Well, we played him last year. Well, you saw him for one week. The team he played for saw him for 17. That I saw, I'm, you know, these guys who are available are available for a reason. They're available because the team that has employed them, in most cases for multiple years, has decided we're good. We'll, we'll, we'll go elsewhere. And and that always can, that's one of the things that always concerns me about free agency. No, I, I hear you. And, you know, and, and in Lawson, there is a little bit of an injury history and those type of things to go along with it. So maybe there's that aspect. You know, maybe, maybe just though the vision of the Bengals' defense is they want a little bit of a, a different type of guy there. Lawson may be a pure pass rusher. Hendrickson a little bit more of like, yes, the pass rusher plays the run well, does those type of things. But I, I hear you there. There's definitely some concern there. But you know, like I like you, you'd argue that, and you, I'd balance also too with Hendrickson. Just like you said, it's only one year, and he was you know on maybe the best defensive line in football, or certainly one of the top three or four. So it wasn't like you could like double him and go all over him that way. And and the other thing too, Mike, and I was trying to pull it up as we were sitting here talking. The one thing I because I remember seeing yesterday, it basically I thought Hendrickson's deal. They could get out after one year where it could be like a one-year uh, $20 million deal. And I got it here. They could. They'd have a little dead money in year two, but I think they'd protect themselves a little in that fashion too to where, yeah, Lawson got $33 million guaranteed, right? And that's a little different too. The idea of getting out of a deal after $20 million for one year I know. is not ideal, right. though. But uh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. John Johnson. You know, the Rams can't Ooh, keep everyone. No. Defensive captain goes to the Browns on a three-year deal, roughly $11 million a year. What was the first word that came to mind when you saw that? Perfect fit. They need him bad. John Johnson's one of my favorite safeties in football. He's a guy I've talked about on my podcast a lot in the last few weeks. I mean, great versatility. He's great in coverage. He's a really good open-field tackler. He's not a thumper. He's not going to, like, knock people's heads off. But you're going to go down. He's going to make the tackle. And they need that. Again, it's the Seattle scheme Joe Woods is running there. So you need some special safeties. I was shocked, really, Mike. John Johnson, I thought he was going to get higher money, you know, top of the market, you know, not to say the highest paid, but I thought we'd see top two or three highest paid at the position. Uh, but either way, I think that was a really good sign by, by the Cleveland Browns. His agents say that he took less to go to Cleveland. And again, that's another one of those unprovable facts that will come up from time to time this week. They've got Ronnie Harrison. Grant Delpit was a second-round pick last year. Torres Achilles that's tendon. That's right. Yep. And Andrew Sandejo and uh, Carl Joseph, both free agents, uh, highly unlikely both will be back. Good chance neither will be back now that they have John Johnson in the fold. We're going to take a break. When we return, our draft for today, the best moves, our favorite moves from day one of free agency. We'll do that next here on Pro Football Talk.
best moves other than Shireen dunking on you on PFTPM, which technically would qualify since it did happen yesterday. Other than that, there is a trivia question. They there, keep telling me there isn't. Now there is. There is or there isn't? No, there is. There's a, there's a trivia there question, all right. okay? So, all right, go ahead. All right. So, um, Daniil Hunter, you know, your Vikings player who's a little bit disappointed with his contract right now. What country is he from? Do you know your team? Let's go. I, I know that it's it's some country other than the United States. Does that count as a right answer? Uh, yeah, no, it doesn't. Jamaica. Get to know your team better. He's from Jamaica, man. Come on, man. Uh, uh, l- let me mention something real quick there. This is not the year to be making the power play to try to get more money. Not this year. No. Not coming off of a season-ending neck injury with the market softening and you're making 14-4 on average next year. Come back and play this year. Next year, make your power play. There was an article in the Athletic yesterday that that said he's you know he's kind of venting to friends and he doesn't know what he's going to do. We'll see what he does, but he's under contract for three more years. All right, you get the first pick. Favorite moves, best moves, whatever we want to call okay, it. Things good. you liked about day one in free agency. Go. All right. Well, I think that I mean I, New England won the first day of free agency. They were the splash. Got to be team. specific. Well, I'm going to go can't with take seven moves in one. Hey, all the moves. By the, I'm going to go with. I'm going to the whole thing. They got the opt-ins, all of them. They're all back. No, uh, I'm going to go with the Jays. All right, Judon and Jonu. Just those two specifically about what the Patriots did. You know, we've talked a lot. Yes, they're front seven. There's no pass rusher there. Judon is great against the run. He's got a great physical presence. Of course, he can get after the quarterback. So that per- fits perfectly with Bill Belichick. We know that. He's the master of linebackers. The secondary's already in place. They need that. And then Jonu Smith. Well, Bill Belichick's also kind of the master of tight ends, too. We know that. And that was a missing part of their offense last year. So they get that back. And a guy that has got a special ta- I mean special talents. He can run like a receiver. Yet he's going to be able to block and be the second tight end and the H back and the fullback and do all those type of things. So, you know, Jonu and Judon big time moves for the Patriots. That's specific enough for you? No, it's not because it was supposed to be one and I would have just gone with Jonu Smith cuz that was the bolt from the blue. That was the lightning from the clear air out of nowhere. Holy crap, the Patriots are on to something. Then the question was, was it a fluke or was a storm brewing? And obviously a storm was brewing beyond John U. Smith. And when they got Matthew Judon, then it was a, a full blown hurricane for the Patriots. For me, it's got to be Shaq Barrett. It's got to be yeah. to keep him with a 17 million base average, 36 million paid out over the first two years. The franchise tag would have been 19 million uh, it worked out well. They gambled. It was a calculated gamble. And the way that the timeline went, I firmly believe the Buccaneers made it clear to Shaq Barrett and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, here's the offer. It's on the table. As of noon Eastern, we start calling other pass rushers. So if you want it, you got it. There it is. Just let us know by noon what you're going to do. And it worked. By noon, right at noon, we find out he's staying put. He's taking that money. So when you consider Joey Bosa's at $27 million a year and they got Shaq Barrett to stick around for what they're going to pay him, uh, yes, it's a sign of the times, but also it showed that they were able to squeeze just the right way to get that deal done. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they played their cards right. They knew you know the market, everything. They, they've done everything right ever since the playoffs started, basically. Playoffs were great. Super Bowl. Free agency's been great. Restructuring of contracts, franchise tagging the right people. I mean, yes, I, I'm shocked they kept all these guys. 
and you're right, got Jack Barrett at a, a pretty good damn price. Well, I'm going to go to another one of the you know top top contracts we saw yesterday, but get into the big uglies a little bit. Go with Joe Tooney. Yeah, I mean, we don't talk about interior offensive line, but man, one thing we know from last year, and we, we it all came to fruition in the Super Bowl. I mean, we were saying a lot through the second half of the year. Man, Mahomes has been under a lot of pressure. Man, he escapes a lot, and he makes it look cool and makes 20-yard completions, but man, is he under a lot of pressure. You know, when we go back and watch replays of a game, you wouldn't realize it. You'd go, wow, I can't believe how many sacks he actually avoided. Well, you got one of the best guards in football in Tooney. They needed that. They, you know, again, you know, I don't know whether they're going to get into more of a balanced offense or they just want to be able to be better protecting and versatile as far as screen game, things like that, all of that. But they got the weapons in place in the past game. Now it's about people protecting your star quarterback. And I thought that was a great move by them. Question with Mahomes: Is it more important to have the protection on the outside or the inside? You know, I it, it's it's I thought about this a lot. I, I, he can have you know. I, I guess I would say really, I'd rather have the inside with Mahomes. If you're gonna make me pick either one, I feel like he can see the outside guys. He can make them miss, and he has that ability to now step up or get out, step up and get out to the edge. You know, it's hard, and even in that game last in the Super Bowl, so many of the plays were Shaq Barrett looping inside and coming in, you know, through the guard gap and those type of things to where now he's got no choice but able to run back. And we saw what that did. So I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, I think you'd rather have him more protection in the middle. And we've heard the the explanations from the edge rushers as they try to track him down, whether it's lateral or whether it's just he keeps dropping back and back and back. What Von Miller told us at the Super Bowl last year, he just keeps going back and back and you can't get to him. And yeah. he's got that rocket arm. He can release it while he's right. backpedaling. All right, next one for me, I'll go Corey Lindsley if we're going to go yeah. lineman because okay. – uh, and, and you think about the net difference. You take the best center in football away from Aaron Rodgers – and you drop him with Justin Herbert, a guy who has the potential to be one of the great young quarterbacks, already one of the great young quarterbacks in the NFL, has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Brandon Staley and what they're doing out there to just try to kind of quietly build a team that's going to be as good as the Rams. If it isn't already, it's working in that direction. And, yes, they have the Chiefs to deal with, but they're serious about doing for their quarterback – what the Chiefs are doing for theirs. And that that interior protection is so important because if you've got if you've got guys at guard and center that just are very good and they start getting thrown into the legs of the quarterback, you can't get anything going offensively. Right. So uh the money's well spent. It's a guy who's going to be in charge of all the protections, helping Justin Herbert better understand the game. I was excited by that move for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. That's the kind of thing they have to do if they really want to become the team they can be, yeah. especially with Herbert under center. No, definitely, you know, and and I you know, again, I don't know what they'll they'll do at tackle going forward and all that cuz Russell Okun's still a, a free agent, right? Um uh but but I think the the thing or no, no, they have Trey Turner. I got them confused. They got Trey Turner at guard. They cut him. But they, they cut, cut him. him and then they re-signed Filer and Lindsley. I mean, you got Joe Lombardi as the offensive coordinator. He came from the Saints. It's yeah, we know about the passing game, but he's the Saints have always been into protecting the quarterback and being able to be balanced and run the football too. And I think you see, you know, a little bit of that there. So that that's uh, a great job by the Chargers. 
Um, I think I'm going to go to the Jets. And I'm only going to say one last name, Davis, okay? But aha, that's two players. There's Corey Davis and Jared <laughs> Davis. Woo, two players. Bam, got it. <laughs> yes, uh, because first off, I think Corey Davis really fits what Mike LaFleur will want to do. I'm still getting Mike and Matt mixed up. Mike, I mean, he's going to be the guy, the route runner, that they feed the ball over the middle off the play action. He's going to do all that type of stuff. And I think it's a really safe bet and fits within how you want to play on the offensive side of the ball. Grout runner who's got enough speed and things to beat you deep and scare you that way. And then Jer Jared Davis, as you mentioned to start the show. I mean, he's he's one of those guys where, I, I mean, you just he, he pops on film. You watch the Lions the last year, you go, who is this big sucker, number 40, running around, you know, taking on guards, knocking people's heads off and doing all that. He is going to be perfect for Robert Sala. I mean, they both got bulging veins in their neck. They'll fit together perfectly. So I think that's a, a great signing by, by that group and Joe Douglas. It's just funny. Yesterday morning after the show, I was talking to some people about some free agents out there that maybe we're not thinking about. And someone said, hey, there's a lot of teams that are interested in Jared Davis. And it's probably not going to be a long-term deal because he wants to establish himself because he wasn't used right in Detroit. It's probably right. going to be one year, seven million. It was one year, seven million for Carl, uh, for for Jared Davis. Yes. I, I and I, and I looked to see if there was a chance Carl Lawson's middle name was Davis, so you could have. So he's all, all three, but I can't find his middle name. Uh, last one for me, and I'm going to go ahead and use two names as well. Okay, fine. But it's the move that wasn't made. It's that no team paid huge money to Juju Smith-Schuster or Kenny Galladay. I'll throw them both in there. No one took the bait. With Galladay, the injuries last year, where's the value there? Watch, you'll probably get $23 million a year by the time we're done in about seven minutes. But the real one that stood out to me, there was so much buzz and hype about Juju Smith-Schuster. I know he brings so much more to the table than just what he does on the football field with the dancing on the logo and the social media presence and all that other stuff. But he's a number two receiver. What are you going to pay a number two receiver first day of free agency? And how do you justify that if you have anything other than a number one receiver who's stuck under a slotted rookie deal that you can't tear up? Right. You throw your entire pass receiver depth chart out of whack from a payroll perspective if you give Juju $15 million a year. Because then you instantly have to give your number one guy 20 So I just – I I – I was happy to see the restraint exercised that no one felt compelled to go make that big splash and say, we spent a bunch of money on a player who, while very good, I don't want to, this doesn't take anything away from Juju right. Schuster as a player. I was just concerned that the other narratives around him were going to cause someone to get caught up in the moment and, and screw up their, their overall salary structure offensively. By paying him more than they should. I, I hear you, Mike. I mean, he's a, he's an interesting one. You're right, because we talk about him, you know, like he's a number one and a superstar, but he's not. What he really is is a really good number two. And you look at a guy like Corey Davis, who I think, you know, that's what that is, right? A really good number two. He got a three-year, $37 million deal. I would I would bet you Juju's asking for more. Now, Galladay, that's a different yep. conversation. He might be in the I'm asking for the $17, $18 million a year type of thing. And I get that because I think Galladay is a legit number one. But we got to go to commercial, and that's a good conversation nonetheless. We'll be back yeah. to wrap up this Tuesday edition of PFT Live.
All right, we're almost out of time. Number one thing, Chris, you're watching day two of free agency. Well, I, I mean, we didn't see, like, much action from a team like the Indianapolis Colts yesterday, right? I, I mean, I wonder if they get involved a little bit here today. They're towards the top as far as available money. I think we both agree their team's really good, and there'd be I know the Chris Ballard factor, cap and cap space versus cash. Yes, they may have the cap space. Okay, does Jim Irsay have the cash after what happened last year? Yeah, I, I would think that you know we're gonna hear from them sometime before the week's out for some sort of difference making guy. I just wonder who that is. So I got my eye on them a little bit. I'm watching Trent Williams. Where is he going to go and yeah. how much is he going to get? I know the 49ers want to keep him. There was a report yesterday that one will pay up to $20 million a year. Maybe he's looking for more than that. We'll be tracking it all day at ProFootballTalk.com. Have a good one. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.